Welcome to Women Made New. I'm your host, Kristalina Everett. Thank you for joining me. Well, we made it, everyone. We crossed the threshold, and it is the new year. So happy new year. And I thought it would be great to start this new year off with and about the Blessed Mother. So today we have a show with Megan Madden, and we are going to discuss her new book, Mary, Teach Me to Be Your Daughter, because that is oh, not an easy thing for everyone. It's not easy to actually think, I'm the Blessed Mother's daughter. I want to be the Blessed Mother's daughter. Those, those aren't actually easy things to want and navigate through. But Our Lady is a warrior queen. She loves us. She wants to guide us and she wants to lead us into the new year and stay with us throughout this new year. And there's no better place to be than under her mantle. And let's be honest, everyone, the devil is afraid of the Blessed Mother. So without further ado, let's get right into it with Megan Madden. Welcome to Women Made New. I'm your host, Kristalina Everett. Thank you for joining me. Today, we have Megan Madden here at Women Made New. Welcome, Megan. Thank you so much for having me. I'm so excited to be here. So I wanted to talk to you. I was so excited because you have a new book out called Mary, Teach Me to Be Your Daughter, Finding Yourself in the Blessed Mother. Now, I know a lot of women out there, and I even struggle with this myself, have a hard time even relating to the Blessed Mother or going to her or seeing her as our mother. It's it's kind of a lot to take in, right? And what made you write this book? And tell us what it's all about. Yes. Well, I've experienced that too. And right in the very first chapter, I actually tell this story of early in my motherhood, I was sitting with a group of women and we were talking about the Blessed Mother and thinking about her motherhood to the Christ child and how different that looked from our reality and um, and the different um, just struggles we had in motherhood, you know, having children that are not perfect and not the Son of God. And it just, that, that conversation, I didn't say much, I listened, but I just knew we were missing something there. And that, that conversation stayed in my heart for a long time. And over that, over the course of many years and in my own motherhood, I finally, um, began to just explore what it meant to, um, not just pray and ask for Our Lady's intercession and think of her as a mother that is distant or, um, or, or maybe not having as intimate of a relationship with her. I wanted an intimate relationship with her as my mother. And um, over the course of many years and studies, it brought me to ask the question of what it means to be Our Lady's daughter. And that's what led me to write this book. Now, in, in different conversations that you have with women and kind of where you see where they're at with their relationship with the Blessed Mother, what are you kind of finding that that women struggle with? So I think even if not on purpose, there are times when we put Our Lady, or perhaps we just in general do this, put her on a pedestal and um, of, of perfection that we can't reach, which is true. We can't reach her level of perfection and she is the queen mother. And that was something I wanted to keep that essence of in the book. Um, but she also is this intimate mother to each of us individually. And um, and so I think there's been, there's a struggle, I, I think, in understanding motherhood and holy motherhood and gentle motherhood. And that's what she is to us, which I find very healing in our times. Yes. And our times right now are so unpredictable. And it's just kind of like we really have to in... I would say in a very huge way, just trusting God day by day, because there's so much going on in the world, in the church, in our own household, in the schools, just everywhere around us. But at the same time, I feel like if we're grounded in our faith, in our Catholic faith, we're grounded in the Eucharist, we're grounded in the teachings of the Catholic Church, I feel like anything that is going on outside of us 
we're okay. We're going to be okay because God has got us. And the Blessed Mother, like you said, she is a queen. She's a war. I heard someone say, even an exorcist once said, she's a warrior queen. She's not just a queen. She's a warrior queen, right? And she is amazing. And her virtues, I know everyone talks about like her humility and her obedience to God, but she has her own list of Marian virtues, doesn't she? Yes, she does. And that I love that phrase. Actually, I wrote it in the book is warrior queen. Yes. Um, Yes. And prior to writing this book, I was in Austria for two years for my husband's studies. um, And he's a theologian. So we went through lots of grad school. And um, during that time, I took graduate courses in marriage and family. And, um, and we were very blessed to be able to go to divine liturgy. And the, the, Byzantine priests, they have um, such a beautiful way of looking at Our Lady because it is it is in this like very mysterious warrior queen way. And so you see, like you said, you know, you're hitting on the humility, the meekness, the gentleness. We love that. And that is also Our Lady. But she's also strong. She's She's a valiant woman. So the things that you just said right there, like the humility, the meekness, the obedience, do you know, I think those are the weapons of heaven. Those are literally the weapons of heaven. And it is so absolutely counter opposite of the world, right? And we think of weapons and violence and anger and strength and and taking over and conquering as to where the weapons of heaven really are the absolute opposite. And like the love disarms all of it. The humility disarms all of that. And the obedience really has the power of God infused when you're in the will of God, right? And that's, she, she lived the essence of living in the will of God. Yes. Yes. I think it's exactly that when we are humbled, God exalts. And that's, and she was the most humble woman that ever walked this earth and God exalted her to, you know, through her surrender and her yes. So kind of break the book down for us of of what women are going to find, what they're going to read about, and just kind of just the way you structured it. Sure. I was really inspired. I I didn't want to kind of take characteristics of Mary and formulate them myself, right? I wanted to take a look at what the church said. What do the saints say about this? Mm -hmm. So I looked at St. Louis de Montfort Mm -hmm. and his 10 principal virtues of Mary. And so each chapter is on one of his um, what he lists as her 10 principal virtues matched with um, a quality of the feminine genius so that mm. it can really directly um, hit us as women uh, and and help us see how we can imitate her in these in these very noble, beautiful virtues through our maternal hearts and our feminine hearts. Can you list some of the virtues that maybe women don't know about the Blessed Mother? Because there's always those prominent virtues, but I feel like there's also these hidden virtues that never get spoken. Yes. Um, I think the first one I love that I didn't really know about, but but when you hear it, you'll say, well, of course, is um, unceasing prayer mm. and self-denial, ardent love, angelic kindness, heavenly wisdom, patience. So these are some of the some of the ones that we don't frequently hear as much as humility and her her faith and obedience. Again, for those of you that are just tuning in, I am here with Megan Madden, and we are discussing her new beautiful book, Mary, Teach Me to Be Your Daughter, Finding Yourself in the Blessed Mother. And I have to say, Megan... When I kind of started fostering that relationship and taking my faith more seriously, right, after my conversion, Mm -hmm. I really had a hard time with the Blessed Mother. I did. (laughs) I think most women do. Like, there's this, there's almost this point, and it seems like a lot of women's lives where it's like the Blessed Mother, you grew up knowing her as a cradle Catholic or knowing her um, being the mother of God just in general, right? But there is this this time and this point in your life where I feel like she does invite everyone to that deeper relationship with her and to mm-hmm. get to know her. And she wants to be your mother and she kind of wants to gather her children close, but some of them don't want to be close. They don't know her. They don't want to be, you know, it's like you're, I was obstinate. I'm just like, 
okay, you're the mother of God, not my mother kind of thing. But I prayed and I did the rosary. But there was like this this wall and it was so hard to break through. But also, I think I associated that relationship with my own wounds with my Mm. own mother. Right. And the Mm -hmm. things that I had and the issues that I struggled with. And it really wasn't until after I went through my counseling and I dealt with my issues and, and my own anger or things like that that I really was able, it was interesting to embrace almost that relationship with the Blessed Mother. Because the devil's very cunning to where he can kind of use those wounds against you in your spirituality, right? With the Blessed Mother. Wouldn't you say that happens with women? I think this happens so often. And that was one of the reasons I wanted to write this book is I want it to be um, a way that we can touch base with her and learn more about her and actually just inspire that prayer. Because I think even praying the rosary, you know, that that is a huge wall breaker. It is the weapon of our times. And the rosary, as simple as as a prayer as it is, right? And it just, it's kind of row, it's like the Hail Mary over and over and just the Our Father. It's hard. It's hard to commit. It's hard to like stick with it sometimes and not let your mind wander or get distracted or the kids are all over the place and you're trying to just pray a rosary with them. And it's hard, but honestly, that 15 minutes is something hard to commit to. And do you have tips for women to maybe how they can slowly just step into a relationship with the Blessed Mother? Yes, I I actually talked about that, especially children interrupting and things like that in the in chapter five on unceasing prayer and the persevering woman, because I and I put the persevering woman because we do have to persevere in these in prayer. Right. And and so my my main tips are. It, it can be overwhelming at first, but start with a decade and then work with your way up. Um, and also seeing the children. So if you're um, a physical mother and you have children around you, especially young children, um, seeing their interruptions as part of the prayer because God mm. is allowing it. And and so we can, we can serve in that moment and then, okay, mommy's praying now and get back to the prayer and keep going. I think those are really powerful moments, actually. Um, And then the other thing is to, on each decade, uh, think of someone you want to pray for and offer that decade for them. I think that's very motivating for for the rosary. Oh, I love that. And I, I really think this book, because it's really practical, and that's what's nice, because there's so many theological books on the Blessed Mother and her virtues and her mission and being the mother of God, but sometimes it's over our head, right? And you, you're ready mm-hmm. to go, you want to read, you want to learn, but this is an excellent, just practical book for that everyday Catholic woman that just wants to just get to know the Blessed Mother. But... um on an ABC level where it's not too much. It's not too much to take in. And this is even a book you can take into adoration, I would say, and take a chapter at a time and just contemplate on it. Because sometimes people don't even know what to do in adoration. They want to go, but then sometimes they feel awkward just sitting there. And this being the year of the Eucharist and the Eucharistic revival, also getting to know his mother in this time, in this special year that we are in of of just embracing and all-encompassing the Eucharist and the Blessed Mother and just those relationships, I think, can be transformative in a woman's life. Absolutely. And that's what Mary does. She draws us closer to her son. That is exactly what she does. And um, I, I did write it hoping it would turn out to be a spiritual book, a book you could really pray with and contemplate. There's in each chapter, there's a meditative portion and then there's practical. So I try to get, get hit the spiritual, give you know, visuals, images of her life from the Gospels, um, and then and sort of paint that picture in a very poetic manner. And then hit into what does this look like for us as women? And it's written for all women in all stages of life, not just mothers. Um, and it, the prayer that sort of goes through the entire book is mother, teach me to be your daughter. So tell us a little bit about yourself, Megan. You live in London right now. And I love that. I'm kind of jelly. I love it there. (laughs) I love it. And what is it like? So tell us about yourself, your family, and just a little bit of your background. Yes, I'm on London time, but I'm in Oxford, actually. Oh, okay. Oxford, England. Yes, but it's close. Yes, (laughs) very. 
Yes. Um, yeah. So, and actually this is all tied to the book. Um, my, my husband's a theologian. We were in Ave Maria, Florida for five years. And during that time, I just lived a very quiet motherhood um, with our three children. We had three children there. And then we moved over to Austria for two years, where I took some graduate courses in marriage and family. And I was looking at the question of what it means to be a woman and the complementary nature of man and woman. And during that time, I lost a couple babies via miscarriage and got pregnant with our fourth baby. And I had to stop taking classes. So I did not finish my master's degree, but I kept on reading. I was so fascinated by the question, this question of what does it mean to be a woman in our modern times, a holy woman? What does it mean to be a virtuous woman? What does this look like right now? And um, what are the lies we've been told of as women? And so that led me to reading, you know, John Paul II and Edith Stein and Alice von Hildebrandt, these great philosophers on women. And um, ultimately, it led me down this path to Our Lady is the ultimate end of femininity. Uh, Imitating Mary is what we are meant to do as women. She is the perfect example for us. Um, So at that point, I moved to Krakow, Poland for a year. Wow. <laughs> it was a lot. Yeah, we we did not expect it. We thought we would go back to the U.S., but um, a an apostolate there hired us to run a, um, a study abroad program for Catholic University students at the JP2 shrine there. So we lived on the shrine in Krakow for one year. And I had a lovely spiritual director um, who I just, he's just a wonderful priest. Um, and he said, you will write a book on Mary. You will write a book. <laughs> and I th- I thought there is absolutely no way. Um, <laughs> You're like, wait, is <laughs> that, that a request? A <laughs> Do I want to write a book? Or I'm, I'm like, wait, wait right. a minute. You kind of have to step back when you hear a phrase like that, right? Yes. Yes. I was shocked. Um, So what did you do with that? Did you just like you went to prayer? Like, what was that about, God? I mean, it kind of throws you off when you get something like that and you know, okay, well, this this is probably from God. What am I supposed to do with this? Right. Yes. So I ended up buying this little blue journal and I called it my little blue book. And I was like, okay, well, the book will be for me. And I will write on what I learn about Our Lady because I'm just, I just want to know now that I have this sort of big, deep insight, I had this like huge insight. Okay, the ultimate end of femininity is imitation of Mary. Um, it was like, now I want to know everything there is to know about her. I want to develop this relationship. I had always loved her. I'm I'm a cradle Catholic. I I loved Our Lady from the time I was little, but not, but again, in that pedestal way, you know, not that intimate, you're my mother, I can come to you with everything kind of relationship that developed later on in my life. And so I took that book and I just thought I would write down my own reflections essentially and just have them. And I I wrote nothing in the book. <laughs> I wrote nothing. <laughs> and I, I couldn't, I just couldn't write. It wasn't happening. Wow. Okay. So was that kind of that moment where it's like, it's like you almost long for that relationship with the Blessed Mother because you wanted to get to know her. So you're studying about her, you're reading about her. And it was almost like this interior invitation of learn more about me kind of thing, right? Yes, that's exactly it. It was definitely a prompting. And, um, and after that, COVID hit and we ended up having to go back to the U.S. for we went for 18 months. And during that time, our whole life shifted. And it's why we're in Oxford now. So um, we had another baby there. I'm a mother of six children. And um, so we had our fifth baby and we were trying to figure out what's next because we knew the the borders were closed and we couldn't go back to Poland and continue our work there. And the long story short is my husband was hired by the Blackfriars in Oxford, which was like a dream job. We couldn't believe it. And um, also during that time, when we didn't know what we were doing, I had this moment in prayer. I was, I was praying to our lady and I was saying, please mother, what, what's next? You know, like, please help us. And, um, 
And I said, Mother, teach me to be your daughter. I was thinking about that element of surrender and to God's will, whatever it might be, and complete and radical trust in God in that moment. And I felt her so close. And it was in that moment I said, I'm going to write a book. And I knew exactly what it would be on. And that's when that's when I started putting my pen to paper and writing what I Mary teach me to be your daughter, but what I was calling my little blue book. Oh, I love it. And that's the title of your book. That's what we're talking about today. And your book is blue. (laughs) I love that. (laughs) It is. It's a little blue book. (laughs) It is a little blue book. So it really like, it's like the fruit of your relationship with the Blessed Mother. I feel like things like this are literally like, you, you almost pick it from the, the, like the tree of like the suffering and the the invitation of those relationships. And when you go deeper with God, it's almost like he gives you this, I don't know, just like this thing come to life. Like almost you pick it from the fruit of the tree of that bountiful relationship that you develop with God and with the Blessed Mother and with Jesus. And there are these graces in our lives that manifest and become this reality almost, right? And here it is. I'm holding your Mary Teach Me to Be Your Daughter blue book. So it's beautiful. And that's the thing that I really want women to know and to really understand is that when God places something on your heart, and even like it was a couple years earlier, a year earlier from you, or there was a lot that happened when that first came into your heart, right? And you got that blue, little blue journal. But then it's like yeah. time passed, but there was something on your heart. And slowly you fostered that relationship with the Blessed Mother. Slowly God was working in your life and you didn't fully understand what was happening. But then it slowly the pieces kind of came together. And now, and now look at it. Here we are talking on my radio show about your little blue book. You know, it's beautiful. And if we just listen and we trust in God and listen to those promptings and those heavenly invitation to go deeper in those relationships that we're being called to, God can do great things with us. But it is out of obedience. It is out of humility. And it is out of trust, right? Yes. Yes, that's exactly it. I I never would have imagined what God could do with with this. And I, I never would have imagined being here in the those beginning stages. So it's really beautiful how God works in our lives in every single detail. Every detail. He actually wants to be in every detail of our life. And this is the thing, and something that you said I think was very profound is that it's like Mary almost was like inviting you in that moment and you you literally had to almost give her permission that Mary teach me to be your daughter. You wanted her to be your mother. And it's like you almost gave her that permission really wholeheartedly, though, right? It wasn't a head thing. It was a heart, a heart thing where you're just like, okay, I'm ready. Teach me yes. to be your daughter. And I think in every woman's life, almost in every person's life, you really have to wholeheartedly like step into that and give our lady permission give jesus permission give god permission to come in and foster that relationship because if we actually don't give him that permission it's like that picture right where jesus is on the outside of the door and there's no knob and he's like knocking and unless mm-hmm. we open it up and give him that permission to enter it's not going to happen so as much as people may pray if they don't give him that actual permission to just yes, be, I want to be your daughter, be my mother kind of thing. Like that permission is huge in someone's spirituality because after that, wouldn't you say there was like leaps and bounds in everything that happened? Yes. I mean, it's a journey then. It's embarking on a journey after the initial yes that we give in imitation of Mary. And I think that's exactly right. God will never force us to do something, right? It is always this invitation to draw near to him in trust. And when we do, it's profound what he does in our lives and what he does in our suffering too and and our hardships and how he can just beautify anything um, in his love and in his time. I love that. He can beautify anything because someone, women right now listening and people listening, they don't feel so beautiful. In fact, they feel pretty ugly and that yuck inside and that brokenness and they don't even want God to look at them. And they keep a distance like, well, I'll go this far because if I get closer, you're going to see the yuck and the gunk and everything else. But actually, 
it is in that that God really wants to love and heal you in that true, beautiful relationship with you, right? Because it's seen all of you as real love, not just pieces of you, right? And the Blessed Mother yeah. wants to love us, help us, heal us, strengthen us, and teach us to be warriors ourselves here on earth, right? For God. So it's just listening to those small promptings. And I have to go back to, and I just love about your book, that you actually said, Mary, teach me to be your daughter. And you had your little blue book. And here I am holding it, everyone. And you can too. And take it into adoration because it's amazing. I absolutely love it. So we are going to take a quick break with our friends over at EWTN. And we will be back with more from Megan Madden. So stay tuned. Welcome back to Women Made New. I'm your host, Kristalina Everett. Thank you for joining me. And for those of you just tuning in, we are talking with Megan Madden, and we are discussing her new book, Mary, Teach Me to Be Your Daughter, Finding Yourself in the Blessed Mother. And it's hard to find yourself in the Blessed Mother. I mean, she's the queen of heaven. She's the queen of God. It's like, how on earth can I even find anything of myself in that? You know, it's like just the rays of her just like are intimidating, you know? And I had that moment and that time in my life where I'm just like, okay, she's up there. I'm down here. Just kind of an unreachable thing, you know, but you honor and you say the rosary or however best you can. But there is a moment in everybody's life where I think just like your relationship with Jesus, there is this intimate invitation to go deeper and to have that real relationship, right? And that permission of like, Lord Jesus, please, I want to have a relationship or, or help me, teach me to love you. And I think that same thing goes for the Blessed Mother, is that we have to really invite her to be our mother. And I said this in the first segment, I'll say it again for the people just tuning in, that I really had a hard time doing that because of my own issues with my mother and my own brokenness that I had and things that I had to deal with in counseling. And my mother and I have an awesome relationship now. I love my mom. You know, it's like she's she's just my go to person now. And there was a time in my life for a while where I just kind of was like had this almost aversion and anger. And I really feel like the devil really robbed me of so much because I allowed him to. And I was living out of that wound with my mom. So for those of Mm -hmm. you that do have maybe wounds or things there, really ask Our Lady to help you in healing those. Ask the Holy Spirit to show you what needs to be healed in maybe that relationship. And maybe some of you don't want a relationship with your mother or something maybe happened or maybe they've passed away or you can't have a relationship. But that doesn't mean that you still shouldn't work on those wounds that maybe you have because that affects you. And that's almost a poison within you that you're leaving and not extracting that the devil can use almost against you. And it also will keep you from your heavenly mother that so longs to have that relationship with you. So this book is an excellent way and even a segue into doing something like that. If someone wants to start really slowly embracing Our Lady and her virtues and learning about her in just a really practical way. So with the practicality of this book, can you tell us just some practical tips in this new year that women can just maybe slowly embrace that relationship with the Blessed Mother if they have a hard time with her? Yes. Well, within this book, I really hope to touch on all of those things. And I think um, something that we can do and some a saint we can pray with to draw closer to Our Lady would be to look at St. Mary Magdalene um, because she stayed with Our Lady and walked through Calvary right by Our Lady's side. And Our Lady had, you know, Mary had every reason to just be upset with us. She knew her son was dying Mm -hmm. for our sins, but she wasn't. She was loving us with him. She was dying with him internally in her heart. Her heart was pierced. And, um, and, and she had St. Mary Magdalene right beside her. And there's often these beautiful sacred art pieces depicting 
Mary with Mary Magdalene underneath the cross and how close they are and how even Our Lady is almost holding her and consoling her, um, Mary (laughs) Magdalene. So just placing ourselves as little Mary Magdalene's almost, you know, by Our Lady and saying, yes, I am broken. Yes, I, you know, Mary Magdalene came from a very broken background and she she was transformed in Christ. And, and so coming in that way and giving every aspect, every piece of our heart and to the Lord through the Blessed Mother. Our, and she draws near in that and she she holds us in that and brings that maternal healing. I love that. You know, I never actually really thought of that before. That is beautiful, Megan. Thank you for that. Because Mary Magdalene was incredibly broken at where she came from. And God really took her and healed her and transformed her and made her this new, beautiful, unbelievable woman. And we all know her story, right? And there's so many women now that can relate to her. And that there she was in that place of honor, right there with Our Lady at the foot of the cross. I mean, honestly, if you look back at that time, what there's no greater honor in that moment in time that a person could have had than to be right there at the foot of the cross with Jesus in those moments, right? And Mm -hmm. that is absolutely profound. And I'm going to tell you this. When I was at Mass one day, I go to this church called uh, St. Bernadette, if you can look it up. It is the most beautiful, magnificent, just the murals. And just, it's, it's really something to behold that this church, right? And it's our parish, but I was looking up one day and there is a mural of the depiction of the crucifixion, right? And the thieves and and there's a crowd. And what I thought was so interesting about this is that Mm -hmm. kind of one side of it was kind of just there was this light, like God's kind of light was like shining on one side. And the Blessed Mother was there with Mary Magdalene, like you said, and there were like four people on that side. And it was just like empty, desolate desert. But there was light surrounding it, right? But then on the other side, and where the bad thief was, or, or on the other side, all of the Pharisees and the people that were condemning Jesus were on the other side of this mural. And it was like almost this darkness enveloped them, right? But there were so many people there. And there was almost this line drawn between the light and the dark. And as Mm. I was looking at that, I I thought, oh my goodness, all of those people that were there at the crucifixion, that Jesus' crucifixion, it really kind of started with the crucifixion of his character in the public square, right? The tearing down, the he's a liar, he's crazy, he's he's a false prophet, just almost just ripping apart his character. And that's really kind of where it all started and the doubt in Jesus and people just kind of slowly ripping who he was and how people looked at him in that public square. And it's just like in our relationship now, especially living out our Catholic faith, that that's something that maybe is to be expected, that people may not understand that, well, you want to live out your Catholic faith. You want to go to Mass. You want to be faithful. Certain things you won't accept. Certain things are inappropriate. Certain things that um, that you just won't tolerate because of that Catholic faith and love for Jesus. And deep down, we all know right from wrong. And that people may not understand that. People may not understand that you want a relationship with the Blessed Mother. You may fully not understand it right now, right? A lot of people don't, but there is this longing there and that not to be afraid, but just know it's something that Jesus walked through as well, that if if you are being just maybe persecuted or looked at strangely or your family's like not understanding why you're embracing your Catholic faith or the Blessed Mother or like what is happening, that's okay. They fully don't need to understand it because honestly, at the end of the day, this is between you and God. This is between you and the Blessed Mother. This is between you and Jesus and fostering that most intimate relationship with him. And you're not being graded on this. And no one's judging you. No one is your judge, jury, and trial out here. All that matters is your relationship with God, and he sees your heart. So no matter who comes after you or maybe judge you or imagine what the Blessed Mother went through in regards to all that being the mother of Jesus. I'm sure she was not accepted everywhere back in the day, right? I'm sure she had to go through her own persecutions that we don't even know about, but she kept on and she was strong and there's so much to learn from her and her strength, wouldn't you say? 
Yes, absolutely. I think um, in my in chapter ten, I called it the valiant woman, and it's yes. looking at Mary's kindness, but as a strong woman. Um, and that's that's the thing. To draw closer to Barry, you know, we can do things. We can pray the rosary. We can pray um, the Magnificat prayer. We can um, sing hymns to her, you know, these sorts of things and draw closer to her through that. And we also, though, can draw closer to her in our daily moments um, and, and with our personalities as women, too. Uh, so, you know, her daughter... It, to be her daughter isn't to be perfectly like one thing that we might have in our head of this perfect woman, right? It's actually to be us fully alive in Christ and meeting her in it with our personality. So if we have a really, you know, strong personality, I often think this because um, I I grew up very fiery and a passionate personality. And I think it made me think that I wasn't, you know, um, soft enough, I guess, or to be so close to Our Lady, or maybe I wasn't like her enough. And as I drew closer to her, I got to see this other side of her, her her warrior, you know, we talked about this a little bit in the beginning, her warrior queen mother um, spirit that she brings in her life. Did you ever feel too much that you had to like, yes. almost like, lo- like dim your own light because you knew it made other people uncomfortable and it was just too much for them? Absolutely. Yes. <laughs> okay, ladies out there, I want you to hear that because a lot of you are doing that. And I was guilty of that too, where it was just like, oh my gosh, I am just too much. And I need to just like tone it down and like wilt like a little flower because people couldn't handle it. But it had nothing to do with you. It had everything to do with them. And we take on mm. people's issues or insecurities with us and we make them our own. We make ourselves insecure because... There's something in you that is just, I I don't, it's overwhelming or just God gave you a gift and a passion and a light within you. And now is the time for that to shine. Our world is enveloped in darkness. And now is the time to stand up and not be ashamed of the gifts you have and who you are and the mission that God has given you because you're afraid you're going to offend someone or it's going to be too much. Or maybe it's too similar, like her mission that she's doing and people think I'm copying her. No, there's no such thing because we're all so unique in the gifts that God has given us that even if you have maybe a similar ministry or something that God's asking that somebody else is doing, it's never going to be the same. Your experiences are unique. Your gifts are unique. Your relationship with God is unique. And he is going to bring that uniqueness out in its own beautiful way. But you cannot let fear control you and the opinions of others has got to go. Because to truly embrace a relationship with Jesus, you cannot care what the world thinks. I'm sorry. At the end of the day, that's where you kind of have to decide. Because if can you imagine Jesus caring what everybody thought? And I even asked my daughter this the other day. Okay, tell me what you think of this, Megan. I said, yeah. do you think any, any of the saints cared what people thought of them? Uh, name one so saint. Good. Name one saint. And I said, even the doctors of the church, I want to know what saint cared what other people thought. And I'm sorry, their love for God and relationship trumped all of that. And it didn't matter because most saints were called crazy. A lot of them were put down. A lot of them were the outcasts. A lot of them were misunderstood. And so, okay, hey, I'll be crazy any day. Let's go. You know, like I mean, we're in good company. Let's go. (laughs) But at the end of the day, if you really think about it, It's not an easy walk, but God will give you the grace, the courage, and there is strength, I feel, in so many people right now that they haven't even tapped into because they're being controlled by fear. And in this year of the Eucharist, the Eucharistic revival, and Jesus calling all of his people to himself, go find that strength. Give God permission to reveal your gifts, your talents, your mission, ladies, because we need you. It's all hands on deck. And right now, women need to be helping women. We need to be lifting each other up, loving each other, helping each other, encouraging each other. Because the time of the petty cattiness nonsense, that is, that is, there's no place for that right now. It is time to come together and put everything aside and just do everything God is telling you and to be obedient and to love and to help people and encourage and not be afraid to do what God is asking you. Wouldn't you say, Megan? 
Yes, actually, Kristalina, I love what you said about, you know, do what he is telling you, because that is exactly what Mary does for us. And when we ask her, I'm all about, I was actually talking to my friend the other day about bold prayers. Like, let's say bold prayers. Let's be specific and ask specific things. And, and so something, when you said that, I was thinking, you know, when, when we go to Mary and ask for help, like we can ask her, what are my gifts? Like, maybe we don't know. Maybe we haven't tapped into that yet. Maybe we aren't sure what our path is or our vocation. But when we go to her as our mother, we can say, what is God's will? You know, help me to follow the right path. Help me to do what Jesus is asking me to do. And she will always answer that prayer. She will always guide us. That is who she is. You know, I feel like the Blessed Mother's battle cry in her mantra is like, do whatever he tells you. <laughs> right? Yes. That's it. <laughs> it is. That, that's what it is. It's just like, we'll do whatever Jesus tells you. And I will help you do that. I will help you live that. We can do it together, but just do whatever yes. he tells you. And I feel like that's it. And it's so simple, right? And there was this adoration yes. chapel that I used to visit. And it was ran by these French monks. It was just beautiful. And it was even during my time of conversion. And I remember going in there and it took my breath away. It was so beautiful and peaceful. But underneath where um, adoration was, they had a cloth and embroidered on the cloth, it said, do whatever he tells you. And I was just Um. like, I don't know if I can do that. (laughs) I'm just like, (laughs) I don't know about that. I remember looking at that when I was in that state of my spirituality and what such a baby I was. And just remember looking at that, almost shaking my head like, I don't think so. I don't, I don't think I can do that. Like there was so much fear involved and just like, what is he going to ask me? What am I going to lose? What am I going to just have to become in this prude and just such, just all these negative things like overwhelm me just with that phrase, because you know, when Jesus asks you to do something, sometimes it hurts, right? And it's not always easy, but you'll always have the grace and the blessed mother always would be there hands down because you're a mother, Megan. I'm a mother. And we know if our kids needed anything at a drop of a hat, boom, I'm there. And I always told my kids, if you're ever in a situation and I don't care where you're at, I don't care how old you are. I don't care what's going on. If you called me and said, mom, I'm here. This is going on. I need you to pick me up right now and come and get me. I don't care if it's in Timbuktu. I don't care if it's in the middle of the desert. I don't care where it is. If they, I told them if you call in the middle of the night, I would literally drop everything and I would go get you. And I feel like that same love, which is like magnified that we can't even comprehend. That is what the Blessed Mother wants to do in your life. That's what Jesus wants to do in your life. It doesn't matter how far you've gone. It doesn't matter the sins, the addictions, the just whatever is happening. God will say, I will come get you. Just call me, ask me, pray to me. I'm here to help you. And I don't think people fully understand that right now. Yeah, I think I think that's exactly right. And and Mary again, she just she sets this example for us and inspires us in this, especially in her obedience because she was the first one who did whatever he he told her to do and imperfectly as well. And and so she's there to inspire us and guide us and take our hands along that path of really healing uh, through our whole entire life. And one thing that I've lately just been thinking about with the Blessed Mother is she probably was didn't fully understand what was happening when it was happening. Right. Obviously, she didn't like fully understand everything that was going on and she just kind of had to trust. And there's a lot of times in a person's life when God is really kind of pruning them and doing things and transforming and changing and shifting and maybe taking people out of their lives or getting you away from a job or maybe asking you to really contemplate having a religious vocation of some sort. And and you fully don't understand. And there's almost just like this hesitation of, oh, I'm so not in control right now. But I know 
I just need to keep on that path, right? Because God is doing something. And you don't fully know what that something is, right, Megan? You've had those times in your life, like you fully don't understand what the something is, but you know you're on the right path and this is God's will and he is doing something and it will all make sense in the end. But right now you just need to keep that walk of faith. And the Blessed Mother Wow, did she have to have a walk of faith. Talk about. But can you kind of just emphasize on that a little bit and how women can just walk in that faith really unafraid because God will catch them just like he caught the Blessed Mother. He was with her always and got her through everything and really some serious times. Yes. I mean, she went through so much darkness. And actually, um, I have this reflection in the book about how they had to flee into Egypt and mm-hmm. how dark it was. And they had to flee in the middle of the night. And she wasn't sure, you know, what's going to happen to, to the Christ child. And, and she's holding him, trying to protect him. And, and it's not safe on those roads at night. And, and they're going to a place as refugees where a home isn't prepared for them. They have to, they have to sort of make new and um, how that took radical trust in really St. Joseph, who had the dream and said, we have to go, you know, we have to go right now. And how Mary just followed in really a blind obedience in that moment, because how could she have known what would happen in the future or how long they would be there? All of those uncertainties. And we've all had those moments in our lives. And actually, when I was right before I wrote this book, when I was back in Florida for 18 months, and we were we were trying to figure out what was next after having to leave Poland during the pandemic. And we just had no idea what was next, but we knew we were exactly where God wanted us Mm -hmm. and we had to be patient. And I think that's what it comes down to is patience and trust in God. And those are just things we have to pray for. We have to enter into, we have to keep at the forefronts of our minds. Like, okay, one more day, you know, trust God. He is with us. We are not alone. We are never alone. And not to think too much about the future and not to think too much about the past, right? And just stay in the present moment. And something that really kind of helped my relationship with the Blessed Mother and that I I realized is the devil is afraid of her. He's actually afraid of her. He's not afraid of much, all right? Let's be honest. He's not. But he is afraid of the Blessed Mother. And... And I always think of that when it's like, oh, I have to say my rosary. I still haven't said it. Or, you know, it's like I need to pray. And and I think, well, the devil's afraid of her. And I always have that imagery of her just crushing his head. And there was one church I went into and the actual top of the head of the snake was ripped off under her foot. And it was just the bottom of the mouth of the snake with the with the fangs. <laughs> And I was like, oh, my gosh, that's amazing, you know, because we don't realize like she crushed him. This is not just like, oh, her foot was just like placed and tapped on on his head or his neck. No, she actually crushes the head of Satan. And that is what we're looking at. And a lot of pictures don't depict that. I mean, her foot is on top of him. But if you think Mm -hmm. about it, if there is a snake coming at you, you are like stomping and crushing and like you're going to kill that thing. And that's exactly what the Blessed Mother can do in your life with your vices, with your addictions, with any ways that the evil one is coming after you and you keep going to confession for the same thing over and over and over and over. But honestly, when you invite the Blessed Mother in and go to that almost that next level, she's in the business of crushing the head of Satan. And so just invite her in just a Hail Mary a day, if that's all you have, that's fine. That she wants that, whatever it is to just start fostering slowly that relationship to really just take hold of whatever the devil has a grip in your life. Our Lady will slowly get rid of it. I'm telling you, it is a key. It is a weapon of heaven that she wants to give us is in her rosary and also bringing that relationship in your homes with her. And as a mother, as a woman of God, bring her into your femininity. Because I'll say it was hard for me with that whole feminine aspect too. I get it, Megan, because I was not 
I was a tomboy for a really long time, you know, and I was very hard. I had a very hardened heart and it was hard for me to be that really loving, feminine, just kind of essence thing I never really understood. And I'm still growing in that. I'm still learning that. And some women relate out there. So no, you're not alone in that. But the devil is absolutely terrified of the Blessed Mother. So if you're really struggling in your life, this would be an excellent book to take into adoration, just maybe a chapter a night or just a virtue a week to practice. But this is something incredibly powerful that you can foster in your life to help you with all your difficulties, maybe that you're having a hard time overcoming. Yes, I I really hope that this book is helpful in that way. And and that's why I tried to have a meditative aspect that you can pray with, but also met with practical, meeting us where we are in our womanhood and finding different ways to practice these virtues in imitation of Mary and also just as women being inspired by her, you know, looking at her like a mother that we want to be like. You know, I think I think that's huge here is is seeing her motherhood and saying, you are perfect and you are this incredible woman who never sinned, but you also are a creature like me and you're my mom because Jesus said so. And I can find that, you know, daughtership and, and, and actually find in being a daughter that we're taken care of by her. And that is huge. Now, The devil really wants to beat us up in our motherhood and our femininity and women helping women. What advice would you have or how do you live out that mom strong in your own life? I think it all comes to practicing self-sacrificial love within the home and finding the joy in motherhood, finding the beauty in those everyday small little moments. Um, I ended the book with signing off as a little mother in, you know, and the idea was in this, you know, desire to imitate Our Lady, but still being little and sinful and weak in all these areas. And so as moms, realizing that it's really in the duty of each moment when we are serving our families and serving our children and finding the joy in it, that that we we end up bringing and creating in the home this beautiful space where God resides and that he's in each of those children and in our husbands and we can find him there. It's It doesn't have to be in the big crowds doing big things. It's really in those little small moments. I love that. Thank you for that. And if people want to find out more information about you, purchase your book and follow you, where can they do that? Thank you. I have um, a website called amotherslace.com, an Instagram account where I'm very active called A Mother's Lace. And Mary Teach Me to Be Your Daughter is with Ascension Press and also on Amazon. Excellent. Oh, thank you, Megan, so much. It's really been a pleasure. And thank you just for your vulnerability and also for being obedient and saying yes, because now the fruit of that can reach many women and foster this relationship with the Blessed Mother. So everybody's yes out there. If you can hear me, ladies, it is so important. And some of you may be teeter-tottering on something you know God is asking of you. Just let it go. Just just be obedient, be humble, and God will bless you. So thank you, Megan, for all that you do. And know you'll be in our prayers. And if you could please keep us in your prayers. Absolutely. Thank you so much, Kristalina. It was such a pleasure to speak with you. Thank my guests again for being here at Women Made New. And for those of you who want to start over, start this new year fresh and just dive in and just get into that healing process that you know you maybe have been putting off for a very long time, I would encourage you to download this free, unbelievable tool that you can just download right there in your phone on your app, the EWTN learning app. And there are several different learning series that you can go through. And one of them is mine for the Women Made New book that you can start your healing process in the privacy of your own home. Go to adoration, answer these questions, spend time with Jesus, and really just focus and see what direction God is taking you. 
And don't be afraid because God is with us. He's leading us. He's guiding us. And you can just go in the app store. EWTN Learning app is right there in the comfort of your own home and on your phone. I hope you all have a wonderful and blessed weekend and I will see you soon. God bless. 